Welcome to Law Light, a quick dose of legal levity as we shine some light on the heartbeat of the legal field. I'm Melinda Delmonico, CEO of Gibson Arnold & Associates, and today I'm joined by Ann Benedict, General Counsel and Secretary of Thomas James Holmes, for our Women in Leadership series for in-house. Anne previously served as Executive Vice President, Chief Legal Officer, and Secretary of Summit Materials, a leading U.S.-based construction materials company. And prior to joining Summit in 2013, Anne was a partner in the Washington, D.C. office of Gibson, Dunn & Crutcher, where she has practiced since 2000. Anne graduated from the University of Pennsylvania Law School in 1999. She earned a Bachelor's of Arts degree in English and Psychology from the University of Michigan in 1995. So Anne, welcome to our program. Thanks so much for having me. I am so grateful you're here. And I want to kick off with a question to you about your current role. Tell me a little bit about what you're currently doing and also the organization. Sure, absolutely. So I um, joined Thomas James Holmes in March of this year. So I've been here for about four months. Um, it's been, um, you know, a tremendous experience so far. Uh, Thomas James is in the uh, prop tech space. Um, so the company had built a technology platform to provide a scalable solution for single family urban housing. Um, it's it really the, the founders of this company, I just you know think are fascinating and inspiring in that they really identified a gap in the US residential um, housing market and set out to find a solution. So you know we really look to fill the you know the need for modern housing in you know already developed you know, urban areas. Um, so as an example, you know, here in Denver, we see a fair amount of this in, in Hilltop or, you know, over in, you know, Highland, Low High, um, you know, areas like that. And, you know, we're able to do that at scale and really bring the efficiencies of the economies of scale to the, to the consumer, um, as well as, you know, really to the whole ecosystem around, um, around single family urban housing. Well, from my perspective, I've, I've known you now for several years, and I think you're you know, obviously the background that you have from Summit and then taking this role has got to be a great addition to this organization. Um, not only do you have a background that is somewhat similar or it touches the industry, but you also are brilliant. So I'm just delighted <laughs> <laughs> that, you, <laughs> that you've taken on this role and Thank you. just enjoy watching your career. So. Tell me a little bit about your career. Did you shape your career or did your career shape you? Oh, my goodness. Um, you know, I think probably a, a bit of both. Um, I come from a family that is, uh, I would say, more science oriented. Uh, we had no lawyers uh, in my family growing up. So I have to say, I didn't really know what to expect um, coming, coming into law. Um, you know, my family also, my family came from uh, South Korea. So, uh, so even though I was, I was born here, my parents were, were educated in Korea. And so it was, there's just a wealth of, of opportunities, I guess, to, to try things. Um, and so I ended up really coming into law more because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, and, but I really wanted to, uh, make sure I was 
opening more doors than closing. Um, and I felt like a career in the law, um, you know, would do that. I didn't set out to be a partner in a law firm. I didn't set out to be a general counsel. Um, and so I think, you know, a lot of how I ended up here um, was shaped by, you know, the principles um, and the values that my family have has. Um, by the same token, you know, has my career shaped me? You know, absolutely. Um, you know, I think the way I approach decision making um, and risk assessment has been influenced by my work environment. Um, I think the way I approach these things in private practice, um, you know, is different from how I approach these things now after several years, you know, on the executive team in a business. Um, the way you think about, you know, think about things is, is different. And that certainly um, plays out both in, you know, the practice of law, and also, frankly, in, you know, my personal life. Were your, what was your reaction to your parents when you told them that you're going to law school versus following science? <laughs> my parents um, are, are, are wonderful, incredible, supportive uh, parents. And they have always, you know, and I think this was, this was, like I said, you know, going back to the values um, from my parents, even growing up, they have always been much more focused on, you know, what would make me happy, what would be fulfilling. Um, and they've always encouraged me to, to pursue those things. Um, and to really, they hoped pursue avenues that would um, enable me to have a, a full life, um, not necessarily, you know, a overweighted, overly career weighted life. I don't know if I quite managed that one with, the, with this <laughs> career path, um, you know, but I think they, they really didn't know what it would mean either. Um, and to be frank, even when I, you know, said, oh, you know, I, you know, I've, I'm a partner now at a law firm. I'm not really sure they <laughs> really had context for that either, um, you know, but they've been always been incredibly supportive. Yeah, no, that's really beautiful. I mean, there's so many different stories of how do you get into law and what is the path and families can really influence um, the direction. I've seen in a, a number of different lawyers, like they've grown up with lawyers, they've been in a particular background. And so that's why I was curious about the science versus law. Right. And I love that your parents are just supportive. Now, what a beautiful path for you in life. You Thank know. you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I think, you know, and that to me, this is also you know a piece of, of, of this experience is really, you know, having come from, you know, a family of, of immigrants who, you know, the courage to come and, you know, come to a, an unfamiliar, um, unfamiliar country. Um, and also, though, recognizing that, you know, particularly when I started my career, there were very few people, you know, who looked like me. Um, and, you know, that is something that I've always been very cognizant of. Um, and, you know, I, while I feel like, you know, 20 plus years later, um, there is still a lot of room to, to go. Um, there's also been a lot of progress. And that is something that is very heartening to me. And it's very, you know, and Lena, you and I have talked, you know, in depth about um, how important that is to me, diversity in this profession. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of it comes from just, you know, my background. And have you, with diversity today, just to touch on this, what do you think are some of the, the, the greatest strides that we've made in the, in the legal community? What have you seen that's been really positive? 
Yeah, I would say, um, you know, I attend and I'm involved in, um, you know, a variety of, of organizations, including uh, the Minority Corporate Council Association, MCCA, um, as well as, you know, um, you know, various other affinity affinity bars. And over time, you know, you definitely see more, I mean, you know, more people of color in in roles and leadership in the partnership ranks, um, you know, in senior positions at companies, and you know the focus um, on DNI over, you know, the DEI, I should say, over you know the past few years, um, you know, has continued to strengthen. Are we anywhere close to where we need to be? No, absolutely not. But you know, um, I I feel that there is kind of a critical mass, right? And, um, and, and folks who are in a position, more folks who are in a position to be more vocal about, you know, about the importance, um, as well as, of course, you know, there's been um, such a push on ESG and, you know, various other factors that have kind of come together. Um, and, you know, and I'm really hopeful for the future. And, you know, these podcasts that, that you do, you know, are, are hugely valuable um, and, you know, and such a contribution. And, and there's so many wonderful people with so much energy around, you know, really making a difference. And, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful about the future. Oh, thank you. And I am too. So what are your biggest career learnings? Oh, gosh. Um, I think, you know, number one, really, I think is, you know, no one size fits all. Um, and that's okay. <laughs> so, you know, we, we attend a lot of, you know, you see a lot of, you know, folks out there, like I said, you know, when I was younger, particularly, you know, I'd see a lot of different models for how to do things. Um, you know, they tended to be, you know, white and male. Um, and or, you know, you, you listen to people and, and, and observe people. And I think it's really to take take what you can from, you know, and absorb from the different styles and, and people that you see and who's successful and what it is about what they're doing that's successful, while also really, you know, being true to yourself and taking the pieces of what you see um, and applying them to how that will work for, for you. Um, and that is something that I think, um, is more successful for each person, um, but also, you know, kind of helps, helps people feel like, you know, you don't have to be exactly like that person over there, or, you know, this person over here, you can take the parts that really, you know, resonate with you. Um, and I think that that is something um, a lot of times, especially as younger lawyers, you go to a, you know, a program and, you know, people like, you know, do it, this, you know, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do this, you know, one person tells you, you need to do X, another person tells you, you need to do Y. Um, and I think, you know, it's really putting those pieces together for oneself um, to really build your career. The other, um, a couple other things to me are, you know, um, I think the importance of continuing to evolve and adapt I think is hugely important, you know, um, as one progresses in, in their career from, you know, an entering lawyer um, to a more senior lawyer, um, what's expected will evolve. Um, and I think, you know, keeping that in mind and, and really being um, conscious of that evolution um, to really, you know, get to the next step is something that um, I think is really critical. And then I think the other piece to me is really, you know, finding and building, you know, your, 
support network. People call them different things, or your your own board of directors, you know, your network. Um, but really, you know, those those people who are who are going to be there, you know, for all the things I just talked about, you know, advice, you know, mentoring, sponsorship, um, and that you know, the quality of that support team you have around you, um, you know, will really, um, I think, you know, serve one while right, as they continue, you know, through their, their career. And when you, you think, don't do it alone, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. And when you think about the law firm experience versus the in-house experience, what, 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 is there anything in particular um, that really stuck, struck a chord with you that you had at the law firm, and then when you moved to in-house, you know, the learning of how to integrate with a business team. Yeah, so it's so interesting going from, you know, so I spent 14 years in private practice um, and the environment is just so different in a law firm um, compared to being in in a company um, for so many reasons, you know, one of which of course is in the law firm, right? It's a professional services firm and and you're the product. You know, but it's also the dynamics are very different um, in the law firm structure um, compared to, you know, a, a, a company. Um, and, you know, what's really interesting about, you know, being in this role at, a comp- at the company is, you know, you're the company's lawyer. Um, it's a unique position, right, within a company um, in a way where it's not, you know, I, I, you know, your colleagues and our, our lawyers, right, <laughs> at the law firm. And so the dynamics are so, so different. Um, and, you know, in, in some ways, there are challenges to that, um, you know, right, to being the lawyer. Um, in other ways, you know, there's such a value to bring, um, if you're in the right environment. Um, and also, it's, it's sort of an interesting position, particularly, you know, generally being right the the lone woman on 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 the executive team and sitting in this seat it's this you know combination of just being you know kind of different <laughs> you know um you know, the other folks you know can't do your they, they, they actually cannot do your job right like within the company <laughs> mm-hmm. and so you know the, so you bring to it you, you know just a different perspective um you know, and it's also adapting, though, to being, you know, being a part of, you know, an organization where, you know, kind of going back to what I was talking about, about um, there's a difference between being the advisor and being a part of the executive team and really driving the decisions, um, you know, that, you know, that build the company. And, you know, there's a balance there, um, you know, wearing these hats um, in this seat. And, you know, I just think it's just really fascinating, um, and incredibly rewarding to really, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to come, you know, in house, Um, you know, kind of going back to what we're talking about, about shaping your career. uh, You know, I came to law school, but I'd taken a GMAT before I uh, took the LSAT. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I've always been interested in business. That's how I ended up being a corporate lawyer. I did M&A in capital markets um, and private practice. And so being able to be on the side of, you know, of building an organization and driving it forward, um, you know, while bringing that legal perspective and, and the analytical, you know, perspective that comes with, you know, the training that we have as lawyers and bringing that to the table and contributing that to the team um, is really, you know, what I find so rewarding about being in this role. 
Yeah, that, no, that, and that, it's so important because I think there, with, with general counsel roles, I hear lawyers that feel like they, they don't have a seat at the table fully. And sometimes the positions are reporting into a CFO versus a CEO. And so there can be some different challenges. And I'm curious with, just as a woman in leadership, do you have any comments or any, any um, things that are helpful for others to, to understand about, about being female as a general counsel in corporate America? Yeah, I think, um, you know, kind of along that same theme, it's, it's, you know, the, the various ways in which, you know, this, this, it's kind of funny to think of, you know, being the lawyer as kind of a component of that intersectionality that we talk about sometimes, but, you know, there are different roles, but there's actually a component of that, um, you know, in, in, in an organization, like, like you talk about, Um, I think, you know, while there are challenges, um, there's also, you know, as always, right, there's also opportunities that go with that, um, you know, because you are sitting in a seat that others r- really are, can't occupy, you know, that, you know, by itself brings, you know, a, a position, right, at the table um, that, you know, that you can use. Um, and so I think that is something to, to remember, um, as opposed, you know, and of course, it's how you where you fit into an organization, you know, as, as you said, um, and also how you bring that. But the reality is, right, you know, you're there, right, with a perspective um, and a position that is unique. Um, and, you know, that's something sometimes you kind of have to remind yourself, <laughs> I think, of that. Um, you know, and as a woman in this role, and, and frankly, having been in, um, you know, industries that are very male dominated, um, again, I think. Yes, the reality is that, you know, when you're different, um, you stick out and, you know, you sometimes there's more scrutiny and sometimes, you know, you know that you're getting comments that if, if you know, a man had done, done or said the same thing, they probably wouldn't have gotten. Um, but I think it's, and it's important, I think, to be cognizant of that, but not um, bogged down by it, right? Um, and the reality is, you know, you're there, Um because you earned it. And, um, and, you know, the, the point is to continue to earn that, that space. Um, and sometimes the, on the flip side, there are things that I can say, and, you know, I can, I can convey um, that can be accepted um, by, you know, some of the others in a way that, you know, maybe might not be as well, you know, receive the same way from, from somebody else, because I sit in the seat and because I, you know, maybe like convey it in a different way, um, you know, because of my style, whether that's because of, you know, of gender or just one style generally, um, but it all kind of gets packaged together either way, doesn't it? Um, you know, and so that, that is something that's a tool as well. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. So what factors, what factors make a great leader? Oh gosh. Um, you know, for me, fundamentally, you know, first and foremost, it's integrity and, and credibility. Um, I think, you know, great leaders are those where, um, you know, people can take what they say and do at face value. Um, and without that, I think, you know, someone really cannot, cannot be a great leader. The other piece of it is, um, self-awareness, I think is really, really critical for, you know, a great leader, you know, receptivity to feedback, um, you know, the willingness to listen and hear and adapt, um, as well as I think, you know, recognizing where it is 
that it's important to bring others in to complement um, you know, one's skills, um, I think, are also really, really critical, you know, pieces of, um, of being a great leader, because when you're, you know, a great leader is leading a team. Um, and the point of that is to be building the best possible team. Um, and, you know, the, the ones that I find, you know, who are really um, strong, you know, at that are those who are able to say, these are the things I bring to the table, you know, these are the things I'm, you know, I'm working on and I'm receptive to. These are the things where, you know, somebody is going to come and help, right, augment what I have here. Yeah, and it, it, and it really, it's so, um, it's so important, the characteristics that you list, it really does affect organizations and how people yeah. operate, right? Yeah. When, you, when yeah. you have great leadership and their focus on what they're bringing to the table. Yeah, yeah, absolutely agree. And I think, you know, one thing that I think, cannot be lost is, is bringing that, um, you know, humanity, right, to the role. And that, I think, does, you know, leaders have to make decisions, they need to be thoughtful, they need to be decisive, they need to take action, they need to do, you know, we're always talking about, you know, right, 100%, right, what are you, you know, your decisions are made for the best interest of, of your organization. Um, sometimes those are tough decisions, the great leaders do do those things with with humanity. Right? Mm. So, what does your self-care routine look like? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I have a 10-year-old son who I, I will say has taught me a lot about self-care. <laughs> he will wake up, you know, one morning and say, you know, mommy, I just need to relax today. Um, and so, you know, he, he's taught me a lot. Um, no, but uh, time with my son actually for me, um, you know, is a is a very significant um, component of my uh, self care routine. I think there are sort of you know two buckets of of care for me at least. It's take care of your body and and feed your soul. Um, and I think you know both are equally important. So one of my favorite things to do is to take a walk with a close friend, um, and that way I I do both <laughs> at once. Um, you know, I think there are also um, you know, living in Denver is, is really wonderful. And two of the most wonderful things to me um, and, and, and how I replenish um, is, you know, one is this incredible um, group of, you know, lady lawyer friends here in Denver and, and Melinda, I count you among them. Um, and, you know, as, as, as you know, when we get together, it's so nourishing. Um, and that has, you know, that's a huge component for me. Um, and the other is I just, you know, again, not being a Denver native and having just moved here, just having the access to nature and the beauty um, here in, in Colorado. Um, so I will say, you know, going out to going up to the mountains, it's like, you know, a different place. Um, and you just, I just feel myself decompress um, up there. And so that to me is, is a, a big piece as well. I know, and Colorado has such beauty, right? It's unfortunate about the fires and the smoke yeah. right now, but overall, it's just such a beautiful place to live. Yeah, it, it's really spectacular. So. <laughs> so what inspires you besides the beauty of nature? <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah. I, you know, uh, I find this question, you know, this question so interesting because it's like my initial reaction is in, you know, in what way, Melinda? Um, but I think it's probably open-ended on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I would say, you know, personally in my, in my personal life, and I think I've, you know, kind of mentioned these things or my son, of course, um, and my parents who have been, you know, such an inspiration for me, um, 
obviously for my whole life, um, for the profession itself, you know, again, I think we kind of touched on these things, but it's really all of those out there who are working, you know, so tirelessly to, you know, to really accelerate equity and inclusion in this field. Um, You know, this is a field that has been it certainly, you know, has had challenges, continues to have challenges. Um, but like, like I said before, with you in this series and all the work that you're doing, you know, many others that we know. Um, and, you know, that for me is always, you know, very energizing. Um, just And then to contribute to that, to have the possibility of, of being able to contribute to that and, you know, being in a role that, um, puts me in a position um, to be able to do, you know, my little piece, um, you know, is, is really inspiring for me. Well, and you, and you inspire me. I'm, I'm so grateful to, to uh, have this time with you and also just with your career, the roles that you've had and being such a fantastic general, general counsel in the community, it really is an inspiration. So thank Thank you. you. Thank you for joining me today. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much. So thank you to our guest and Benedict for this wonderful conversation. And thank you so much for tuning in to Law Live from Gibson Arnold and Associates. Please like us and subscribe to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating to let us know how we're doing. We look forward to connecting with you again on our next episode. We have found our way. It's a brand new day. And we'll be making history. have come so far This is who we are And like the rising sun We have just begun to play our part This is the time we form the chorus Lift your voice for those before us We can rely on one another Feel the pride, let's show our